Last night I had a dream and now it's all of our responsibility. I just can't stop thinking about it, so strap on. I mean, in. My apartment in the dream was actually a house, but it was my apartment while simultaneously being the house of one of my friends from high school's childhood homes. If you've ever experienced a dream before, that makes absolute sense. My brother Kaylee and John were getting the place ready because I was about to invite some deck over. We are dotting our I's, crossing our T's, cut back to the real world. Before I went to bed, I watched The Tinder Swindler on Netflix. This was fresh as a daisy in my head. Shout out to Daisy. If you haven't heard of it, it was an upsetting documentary to say the least, especially if you're up to date on Wild Nights. In my own Tinder real-life reality, I give everyone code names in my phone so I know who I'm texting with. For example, Cool David, Tatted Joe, Chris Italian, Matt, Tall Drink of Mayo, and the list goes on. We cut back to my dream where I also label men in my phone in a silly way. I text one of the fellas in dreamland to come over and take me to the bang zone. He says, yes, Eureka! I'm ready to put the hat in the cat. I give the apartment house last looks, make sure I get ready. After I get out of my dream shower, I'm changing into my date clothes, and in the corner of my room, I see a camera. It's moving, it's grooving, and you would have thought it was a Tupac song because it was all eyes on me. Who installed this camera? Who's watching me? Oh my god, actually, as I'm recalling this, I also watched Marvel's Iron Fist, so maybe that's where this hidden camera came in. I don't know. My subconscious is full of stuff. Who's at the other end of the camera? I still have to get dressed in the dream, so I continue to get dressed, maybe even a little sultrier. Then I go outside to run an errand, and my neighbor stops me to warn me. Hey, I I just want to give you a heads up that you got a camera surveillance in your bedroom now. It's random. Uh, okay. So if you're going to have a fella over for sex, then you better do it in your guest bedroom. How'd he know you guys? Then I go back upstairs, and my brother has a surveillance camera in his hand. This was in my room, he said, so mad. He ripped the camera from his room down. I didn't have the heart to tell him. That was a bad idea. Then my buzzer buzzes. My date has arrived. When I opened the dream door, it was actually not the guy I thought I texted. It was a guy that I went out with a couple months ago in the real world. Super hot. We sort of ghosted each other. I don't know what happened, but perhaps my vagine is still wondering. So I can't say that I was totally disappointed it was him that showed up. I took him into the bedroom. Listen, I have a camera in my bedroom. I don't know where it came from. I was warned not to take it down, and I'm not sure who's watching it. He looked confused. He looked not 100% into it. So I took him into the magic guest bedroom that only exists in my dreams. From there, all the energy of wild dream sex started to rev up. You know the feeling. And then... Someone from our dimension called me and woke me up. I'm transported back into reality. No sex or lies and some videotape. Oh, you have blue balls? My balls are Smurf blue too, boo. Yet all I can think about is who's watching me from the other end of the camera. It's time! It's time! It's time for...
Welcome to the Rocky Rundown, where you get to learn a little bit about my week. Party God Squad, did you have a good week? I had a pretty fun-filled seven days since we last spoke. I went to see an awesome cabaret at 54 Below, performed by the cast of The Office the Musical. 54 Below is cabaret-style seating, which essentially means they may sit you at a table with someone you don't know. I was attending solo, so this was sure to be my fate. And it was. Boom. Seated with a random two-top. They looked less than pleased that I would be joining them. Who can blame them? No one wants people up in their shit during the demi. Me? I was excited. Now I'll have new friends to gab with. They'll fall in love with me on the spot. I'll probably have the same birthday as one of their siblings. What was my in gonna be? They were talking about David Spade and what sitcom he was in in the 90s. Here we go, baby. David Spade, an area of my interest. Just shoot me. I go ignored. Yeah, I have no idea what he was in, but it was definitely a sitcom in the 90s. I pipe up again. It was Just Shoot Me, the sitcom starring David Spade. The look on this guy's face when I said this was as if I had just shot him. Okay, point taken, Rocky. Not everyone wants to chit-chat, and I get it. But these folks really didn't want to chit-chat. I'll admit, my ego was bruised. Here I was with my Tuesday best on and a head full of useful pop culture knowledge, and they wanted nothing to do with me. I almost ordered Moet, simply because I wanted them to say, oh no, we dismissed this fancy hottie who orders Moet on a Tuesday. I didn't, because, well, it was Moet, and it was way more expensive. President Biden was in town Thursday. My normal commute home that takes 18 minutes took one hour. Gridlocks like you couldn't imagine. I thought they were doing drunk checks, so I hit the side streets. I, of course, wasn't drunk driving, but I feared if it was a drunk check, I'd confess some unnecessary dialogue. Miss, have you had anything to drink this evening? Nah, officer. Just a little Coke and then wave a non-existent Coke can, or say, do you have any confiscated MDMA, officer? This traffic's really put me in a bummer mood. In my experience, it's best not to joke with 5-0. And even if I could get away with joking with them, which I did not care to do, would my old tricks even work? Why wouldn't they, you ask? Well, because apparently I'm a cougar now. Yes, it's true. I went out with a 29-year-old the other day, I completely forgot he was 29. He didn't. Do you go out with a lot of younger guys? I about choked on my tequila soda. Thank God I was wearing my life alert. And he was practically foaming at the mouth. I, um, I mean, yeah, a couple. I'd say, yeah, I'd go out with a couple of younger guys. Nice. What's your favorite thing about dating younger men? Oh, I'd have to say that you aren't engaged or married is a definite plus. Nice. So you like that I'm 29, huh? Brosifs! Am I in the fucking crypt? Am I running out of this date because I have a retirement party to attend? Does he think I got a dried up dusty ass pussy or something? Is that his thing? I forgot you were 29, my guy. Start your day with a lemon water and sleep on your back is my latter year advice. He was fetishizing me right to my face without consent. I really like older women. 
It was a no for me, dog. I'm not trying to cosplay B. Arthur tonight, young man. That's not my journey. Plus, I didn't love his laugh. I'm gonna be with somebody you don't like their laugh. My new age range is 30 to 43. My name is not Marianne, and I'm not here to babysit. What I am here to do is talk about how amazing, unforgettable, and iconic the Super Bowl halftime show is going to be. I've talked about it before, and sadly, I won't be able to recap it for two weeks because next Sunday, I'll be having some mirrors and deers over to eat, drink, and be merry while we drool over 2022 Eminem. If I were directing this halftime show, I would start it off with Mary J. Blige singing I'm Going Down a cappella while she walks down a huge flight of stairs in a fur coat. And the deeper she gets into the song, we start hearing snippets of the start to Humble by Kendrick. The two songs bleed into each other, all the while Kendrick appears on the other side of the stage behind Mary. He takes over and he gets through one chorus of Humble. Humble then bleeds into My Name Is by Eminem when he gets to the lyric, Dr. Dre, don't just stand there, operate. Silence. In the distance, we see car headlights flash on at the end of the football field, and that's all we can see. <clears throat> Dr. Dre, don't just stand there, operate. We hear the engine rev up. Now a full-blown mad Eminem yells, Don't just stand there, operate. But before he can get through the word operate, we see the dark car driving across the football field towards the stage. We know who's in it. We're not stupid. Fireworks. Still Dre starts. Dr. Dre in the driver's seat. Snoop Dogg riding shotgun. Braids looking fresh. They sing almost all of the song, then fade into gin and juice. Followed by Family Affair. Then Kendrick sings DNA. Explosion. Tupac, alive, just as we suspected, comes out to sing California Love. Then Eminem sings Real Slim Shady. That bleeds into Guilty Conscience. That bleeds into the next episode with everyone on stage. And that is how I think the halftime show is going down. I would love to hear what your predictions for the halftime show are. If you email me at wildnightswithrocky at gmail.com or send me a DM with your detailed prediction by Saturday, February 12th, I will read it on next week's episode. This is a call to arms to Gen X and Millennials. Let's see what you got. Gen Z, get up in this bitch too. You know our music is what the fuck is up. That brings us to Rocky's highest thoughts, my most stoned thoughts of the week. Number one, another idea for a dating app. Rate your date. People may think this is very Black Mirror, but it actually could save people a lot of time and help prevent catfishing. If you were given a rate your date option after a first date, a five question survey, if you will, only your matches can see your ranking. Number two, you don't have to worry about getting older or falling in love later in life. How many times have you jumped into a TV show or movie in the middle and figured out what was going on and still been really, really into it? That's what I thought. And number three, I heard a quote that said something along the lines of, we are always waiting and hoping and preparing for our peace to come in the future. But the future is never, ever coming. All we have is the present, so uh, find your peace now, okay? My guest this week is a returning member of the Party God Squad, comedian Gwen Sunkel. Gwen is the first member of the Toosie Club, a very exclusive club for people who have been on Wild Nights twice. 
Gwen's Wild Word was searching, but I got good news for you, baby. You do not need to search at all for her Wild Night story. If you haven't done so already, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Wild Nights with Rocky, on Twitter at Wild Nights Pod. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can watch full extended interviews with all of my guests and see our little faces. Thank you to everyone who has written a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference. And if you call yourself a member of the Party God Squad and haven't written a review yet, today is the day. And now, please enjoy my Wild Nights conversation with first official member of the 2Z Club, Gwen Sunkel. Gwen, welcome. Returning guest to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming back. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to see you. This is like, it feels like time is just snapped and we're here again. I know. I know. It's been both the longest and shortest year of our lives. I would have to agree with that. I have to agree with that. Now, you work in healthcare. Last time we spoke, we were talking a little bit about, you know, people doing the outdoor shows and like the craziness of COVID, but we all had a different perspective on it. What, I agree. what are you feeling right now at the elevation of where we've reached? I, I feel like we're in Mad Max Thunderdome. You yeah. know, it's everyone, it's it's every person for themselves. The state, our government has left us to truly just kind of figure it out on our own. They're kind yeah. of like, ah! I yeah. don't know. Same with our employers and everybody. And so we've all just got to do the best we can with what we've got. And comedy continues to feel like the string quartet playing on the deck of the Titanic. Yeah. But what are we supposed to do? I mean, yeah. unsung heroes. Yeah. Yeah. It feels very dystopian that, you know, people don't care as much about everyday things and yeah. it just shows you what really matters. I guess you could say we are all searching for a little bit of hope. <laughs> I think you're right. We I think we're searching, for, searching a for a little bit of hope. Uh, so Gwen's wild word was searching. And I personally am so excited to hear the story. Last time Gwen was on, we talked about her childhood weed experiment at a sleepover. You can listen to that on episode 12. But for yeah. now, we're going to get into your uh, new wild night story. So Gwen, hit us with your story. Yeah. So this actually happened just a few years ago. This was this pre-COVID. Okay. So so the job I, I work at now is I don't go to like an office mm -hmm. um, as a nurse practitioner. I go and visit people in their homes. So it's all remote and it was even before COVID. And so my boss, when I initially took this job, lived in Chicago um, and I live in Indianapolis. So it's about three hours away. So she would come down once every other month for like a big staff meeting with all of us. And gotcha. then she would usually like stay the night. So then she, the next day she could, you know, do ride alongs with people where she goes out with them or, or, you know, if people needed help with something, she was physically there to do that. So she found out I was a stand up comedian. And of uh -huh. course, she wanted to come see my my show and I was like oh this is this is not good but okay yeah because then now people are seeing a different side of you yeah. it's totally opens up this other portal when people in the everyday life realize you do comedy yes yeah and I'm not like you know ashamed of it or anything no no also, the company I work for doesn't seem to care <laughs> that, I, that I do stand-up comedy which right is, or I wouldn't be working there but of course. Um, yeah so you know I, I prefaced it and told her I was like you can come see me and also the show I was doing was I was emceeing at a club here in yeah. town 
So a pretty safe set to invite someone to see, you know, right, right. I'm doing my most congenial material. My, gotcha. you know, so I was like, okay, I feel comfortable inviting her to this show. So she comes to the show, has a terrific time. Maybe Does she comes solo. Uh, she comes with one of our other coworkers. Gotcha. Um, comes with one of our other coworkers, and they're having a great time. They love the show. Maybe had a little bit too much to drink because they're mm. you know hanging out, having a great time. All yeah. right, no problem. So my other coworker leaves, and and everyone is like clearing out from the show. And she is hanging out, talking to me, and it ends up getting down to like me, the club owner, and the headliner, who was Mikey Winfield. I don't know. Okay, the name sounds extremely familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um, he was on an episode of The Office. He's been in in some movies and stuff. So, and this is no offense to Mikey, but like minor celebrity, you know? Yeah, Um, yeah. Which I I think was like was like really cool for her. And I think that we as comedians take for granted that we get to like meet and hang out with these people who are semi-famous yeah having access to people who are not as accessible as other people and also I feel like with your co-worker that raises your stock too yeah I you guess know? I, I, it shouldn't but I guess it yeah. <laughs> well it does in America <laughs> <laughs> So, so she is hanging out and it gets down to, like I said, being the last three of us and like the club owner, we're we're all having a good time and chatting. And so she starts getting drinks out for everybody. Mm -hmm. And we're all sitting around talking for like over an hour. And and my boss just like keeps drinking and keeps drinking, keeps drinking, getting to the point where she's like a little bit messy almost. Gotcha. Um, And then at some point, Mikey Winfield was like not feeling well. So he wasn't drinking and he's like, "Um, I'm going to get an Uber back to my hotel I'll see y'all later and my boss is like well I'm gonna walk him out and like just get some fresh air real quick yeah no problem so they walk outside go downstairs and the club owner and I continue to talk upstairs 20 minutes goes by (laughs) 30 minutes goes by and then like an hour goes by and my boss has still not come up from like her fresh air break or whatever. Yeah. And it's winter time. She has left her coat oh, no. upstairs and she has also left her purse, which has both of her phones in it. So we have a personal phone and a work phone and both of her phones and her keys are in this bag. So I'm like, well, she couldn't have gone far, right? I mean, yeah, she's going to return. These are her things. Yeah, the, these are her items. So I go downstairs and look around and she is nowhere to be found. Nowhere. Oh my God. So I go back upstairs and the club owner's like, oh, what's going on? And and I didn't want to like alarm anyone or freak out or anything, even though on the inside I am losing my mind because- I've had this job for two months and no one knows where this woman was besides me. Like yeah. if she shows up dead, I am at least getting questioned by the cops. Of course, <laughs> of course you're involved now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, uh, all, right, all right. So I take her things and I go out and I am just driving around downtown Indianapolis looking for her. Yeah. Like I am asking unhoused people if they've seen her. There are these people who late at night all like to ride the bird scooters. Oh, like, okay in the streets downtown because like there's not a lot of cars and stuff yeah and so I was like I had enlisted them to help me find her and we're like going up and down alleyways and streets and everything and I even go to the hotel where Mikey Winfield was staying and be like hey did, did, did a lady like 
come in or any wearing like a this yeah. kind of t-shirt or whatever and they're like no no we didn't see anybody was the club owner helping you no no no, no. I left just her you. there because I was just like oh she's fine I gotta yeah. go yeah yeah club owner was not helping me this was just me driving around and listing anyone I could possibly find to be like have you seen this tiny 95 pound woman wearing just a t-shirt and jeans walking around in the Indiana winter right um, so I, you know, I'm losing my mind and it's two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. At this point. I call a friend of mine and I was like, what do I do? And he's like, Gwen, she obviously like went back to the hotel with him. They're obviously together like, hotel, hooking up and like, everything's fine. And I was like, oh, I'm so dumb. Okay. <laughs> she doesn't really seem like his type, but all right, I guess. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, that's got to be what it is. So I take her items, her coat and her bag and her two phones and her keys. And I know the hotel that she is staying at, which is quite a distance away from where the comedy club is. Yeah. Not a like walkable distance. But so I was like, I'm just going to drop this stuff off at her hotel. And hopefully, you know, she'll get back there eventually and she can pick her stuff up and be okay. I drive the stuff all the way to the north side of town where she's staying and I get home at 3 4 o'clock in the morning Jeez. and there's a text on my work phone because I hadn't taken my work phone with me to, to the comedy show. Why would you? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But there's a text on my work phone and it's her and she's saying, oh, thank you so much for returning my items to the hotel. So she had like somehow gotten back to the hotel without money keys a phone a coat and without wanting those things yeah yeah like no desire to have her things yeah and I my my mind is just like blown at this point and I'm did she hitchhike did she like get someone to give her a ride did she like have cash in her pocket for an uber like what is going on this is ridiculous yeah Um, and then and I'm like oh he must have gotten her a cab or a ride, like a, like an Uber, back up to her hotel. Afterwards, uh, yeah. That makes sense, right? Right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, okay. Lesson learned. People are adults. I don't need to freak out. Yeah. Uh, so the next morning, I just kind of texted her to like check in and be like, are you okay? And she's like, oh yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah, just um, going to get a late checkout at this hotel and have breakfast in bed and, and then head back to Chicago. Part of me is like what (laughs) um and another part of me is pissed as hell because I still have to work that day yeah like I was up till four o'clock in the morning looking for your ass and now I have to go to work and and, you know like you said you can't worry about people people are adults but also if your boss says hey I'm gonna step out for a second and she's left her coat her purse, both of yeah. her work phones. That's not a good look on you. And she goes missing without any communication. That's a terrible look on you if you just abandon her things, even though they're yeah. not technically your responsibility. You can't do that. No, no. Yeah. Again, I've only worked for this company for like three months at this yeah. point. So. That's almost yeah. worse. Yeah. 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 They, they barely know me. And they're yeah. like, you took Sarah out while yeah. she was in town and got her wasted and then she disappeared. It <laughs> like- all falls on you. So she tells you all this you're pissed you're like I still have to work yeah I still have to work oh I go to work later that night I go back to the comedy club because it's a full weekend of shows that we're doing together and I you know kind of I was like oh hey Mikey like how was your night and he's like oh it's fine I just went back to the hotel and I was like did you and Sarah you have a good time or whatever and he's like what are you talking about 
and he is insistent that they didn't hook up or do anything. He said, she followed me downstairs and then like asked for a cigarette, turned and walked away. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so like she got a cigarette and then again, no coat, no nothing. Yeah, nothing. Just walks off somehow. <laughs> and and he and he could be he could be being dishonest with me. Of course. He, but but why? It, yeah, you know? but why? Yeah, why? And also again, they were not like each other's type. She's much yeah. older than he is and everything. Yeah. And so it was like, well, it didn't make sense that they were gonna hook up in the first place. But now this makes even less sense. Yeah. How did she get back to her hotel? Yeah. And I never asked her because I didn't want to become more enmeshed with her somewhat messy life. Right. I was like, this is lesson learned. Stay as far away from this crazy as possible. <laughs> yeah, you have to see. My dad always says, if someone is crazy, go the other way. Don't even get ingratiate yourself in that uh, lifestyle, especially yeah. when it's someone you have to continue to work with. In the future, has she tried to reach out or hang out again? Well, so she um, ended up leaving the company, like, okay. I don't know, like eight or nine months later for, mm-hmm. for another job opportunity that involved us travel. And we don't really talk much anymore because of that. But yeah, no, it was like it never happened. There was no explanation. There was no like, hey, sorry, I got a little wild and crazy last night. Or, yeah. hey, sorry, I drank too much and walked off without telling anyone my whereabouts. Yeah, Nothing. with no regard for my things. Is this an option? A rental car? Did she have a rental car? Well, she couldn't have driven because once she was drunk. Well, once she shouldn't have driven, that doesn't mean she couldn't have driven. That's true. That's true. But like, she didn't have keys like yeah I, I mean I guess maybe they were in like her jeans pocket or something yeah but maybe I, that all the whole thing was a test <laughs> she's like let's see what Gwen does with my stuff what kind of problem solving this girl does that make girl. you more tentative to hang out with new people uh, it makes me more tentative to hang out with people I work with. Right. People, they all want to come see me do comedy sometimes. And, and I'm just like, ooh, can we not? Can yeah. we like have a demarcation between this? Yeah. Yeah. But all of my other coworkers are very like straight laced. And anytime they've come to see me, they've been very respectful and responsible. I've been in situations like that before where, you know, I love people and I love friends. And I have, of course, like my core group of friends, but I do have friends outside of that, that I love very much. And I love to ingratiate the people in my life with each other. I think that's fun. And, you know, oh, this friend, you know, now knows this friend from this thing. But there have been a couple of times where I've tried to, open up maybe been a little too uh warm and welcoming and I've opened up myself to friends who then either get super trash can't handle their liquor you know they end up like embarrassing you in a setting and then that becomes an association with you right oh you brought this person and they can't hang and then I just I don't know this is probably some like toxic trait of mine but I'll I'll just be like okay I don't talk to that person anymore like you had your one chance to embarrass me and that's that uh we we're done yeah it just it gets and, and you know I like to have a good time and, yeah. and no judgment or anything but I just like to kind of keep my wits about me I of don't course. I, I don't drink like that yeah so whenever somebody does and it gets messy mm-hmm. uh, not for you yeah, right it does feel like it reflects on you a little bit and that I have to be like apologizing for that person all night yeah and it's one thing if it's like people that know you if you're in a setting with people who know you and you over drink or whatever 
you're like, okay, they've got my back. I've got their back if the shoe is on the other foot. But when it starts, when you're first dating a friend or, or Mm -hmm. letting someone into that world, yeah, getting to know someone, then I think for me, I'm just, I'm in my early thirties. I can't, I can't not take the lessons I've learned in the past forward. A hundred percent. You're absolutely right. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. And then also like being in public too, you know, mm-hmm. I never want anyone to get hurt or like attract the attention of law enforcement or something like that. Um, Absolutely not. Yeah. So I, I definitely never like go out and drink a bunch. So it's always very weird to me when some people who are like, yeah, I'm going to get uncontrollably wasted in this public setting. Where I'm not with like my people who would actually, she was lucky enough that you were the type of person that would look out for her, but to yeah. get to get that drunk in a setting where you don't have your people, someone there that you trust and know you trust yeah. and like have been through it. That makes the whole thing ickier, scarier, uh, drink with a buddy, everybody. Yeah. Drink, drink and she buddy. didn't know she didn't know me very well. Exactly. You know? Yes, exactly. It wasn't a fair position to put you in, but that is um, truly funny. It's definitely yeah. wild and funny. And I love the idea of you just driving, not at the time, but just driving around, going up to people. That's such a thing that cannot happen now. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> no one would, no one would talk to me. Yeah. No yeah. One everyone would be. The other day I was paying the parking meter and I accidentally bought it for 30 minutes instead of, I needed it for an hour. So I said, oh, I'll just give this to someone else. Maybe they'll need it for just a quick stint. I went up to these women. I go, oh, do you want this? It's for 30 minutes and they were like no we're good we're good (laughs) finally this guy took it and then I even noticed when I came back to the car he um had thrown it out and got another hour one so he took it anyway but yeah people don't even want to be bothered even if you're trying to do a good deed yeah definitely Uh, so let's talk about one of the besides me just loving you and wanting you back on the show but one (laughs) of the reasons you are here today is to discuss your comedy album, which is dropping at the end of February. So let's talk a little bit about what got you to this point to be releasing and how exciting your comedy album. Yeah. So I had kind of toyed around with the idea of doing one prior to COVID and Uh then that happened and everything kind of shut down. I just liked the idea of, you know, a lot of times in comedy, like you don't feel like you're like, here's my finished product. Yeah. where Where you're like, this is, this is what I can show for my work because you can really like work on a joke forever yeah you, know? you, you could you could continually keep fine-tuning it and adjusting it so I liked the idea of putting out like a finished product and also like doing the whole album thing where mm-hmm. it's like visuals and a theme and everything together yeah yeah that has been like a really fun element of it but yeah COVID kind of shut down everything down and we couldn't do a lot of comedy or we were doing comedy outside and I was just like well you know I guess I'm gonna do it I guess I'm gonna do it and so this at the beginning of 2021 I was like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out I want to record it at like fall winter and then put it out in February yeah so I just kind of picked a date and normally I would have gone out on the road to like practice it more and stuff but you just had to do like what you had to do and I'm very fortunate that some people here in the kind of within a two hours drive of Indianapolis were nice enough to give me some longer sets so that I could get it all worked out yeah 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 yeah. um and then I recorded it 
I did two recordings. I did one at Planet of the Tapes in Louisville and one at the White Rabbit Cabaret in Indianapolis. Wow. Both shows were great, um, but the one at the White Rabbit was just the best set I've ever done. And Mm -hmm. just, you know, the audience was there with me. It was a sold out crowd. It was, they they were really into it. So I I think we're just going to end up using that recording. I didn't want to have the pressure of just getting it exactly right in one take, you know. And if I'm not mistaken, the White Rabbit, you do perform there quite a bit, right? I do. Yeah. 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 Kind of. So it's got that home base feeling towards it too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. And that's really special because if that club is so special to you and then to have your, you know, this is your first release, right? Yeah. So this also, this must be kind of a weight lifted, right? And almost like a huge accomplishment checked off your vision board or whatever kind of goal setting you do personally. This is a huge accomplishment. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's exciting. It's, it feels really good. It'll, it'll feel even better when it's, when it's all the way out. Cause right now I'm in kind of the stage where I'm having to listen to it. Yes. 500 times. And Mm -hmm. you know, we all hate the sound of our own voice. Yeah. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun to have it out. And, and then just, I don't know. You just feel accomplished and like a real comic. Picasso had to have an actual painting to show for his stuff. He has everything. Yeah. Self and artist, you know? Well, I have two things to say about that. One easier said than done, but (laughs) do not hate the sound of your voice. Your voice is incredible. It's amazing. It's soothing. It's very, it's very nice. It's pleasing to the ears, Gwen. So do not, uh, do not hate the sound of your own voice. I've actually... (laughs) quite grown to love the sound of my voice. It's not I, easy. That's great. Yeah. Did you, did, was there like a process for that or do you just kind of over time? You know, everyone always says, I, I, I don't like to listen to my recordings. I hate the sound of my voice ever. And in the beginning, yeah, when I was doing a lot of voiceover auditions, I have to listen to them to edit them and I wouldn't like the sound of my voice. But then over time, you know, sometimes stuff would sound good. Yeah. And I would say to myself, actually, this is the voice to have. So I don't, I, I don't actually hate the sound of my voice, um, oh, which fantastic. is convenient because I can't yeah. change it. I can't change it. I think avid marijuana use, unless I start switching to edibles, I think avid marijuana use will start to maybe make it a little scratchier. So I should think about sure. long-term protection of that, but otherwise I love it. And I love the sound of your voice, Gwen, and you should too. So uh, you. when you, when you're listening to that album, just think to yourself, I'm a bad bitch. Yeah. I got my comedy album coming out at the end of February. And uh, if you can do it once, you can do it again. And then you can do it again. And then you can do it again. It feels really weird to almost be starting from square one with writing new jokes and material. Now. Yeah. Those are finished. I'm not doing those anymore. And and obviously, like if I'm doing a longer set, I don't have an, enough material to do like all brand new stuff just yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, oh, that's, uh, I got to kind of retire those jokes. Now um, you do. Once they're really on the paper of it all, then yeah, you yeah. do have to move forward and start anew, which we know you can do. Can you tell everyone how they can pre-order the album? Yeah. So follow me on Instagram and Twitter at um, Gwenderwoman, um, and it will be available on all the iTunes, Spotify's, things like that. I don't think I'm doing like actual physical copies. It's just mm-hmm. going to be like uh, digital. Yeah. Digital. I had wanted to release it on vinyl. Oh, um, that's so cool. Oh, it would have been so cool, but there's like a worldwide vinyl shortage. I don't know if you know about this. I didn't. Yeah. Worldwide vinyl shortage. The material is running yes. out? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So the primary place where they make the precursor for vinyl records burned down <gasps> in 2020, 2019 or 2020. That was a big part of it. And then Taylor Swift and Adele both put out their vinyl, album yeah. vinyl. So like, of course, they go to like the front of the list or what. So but if you want something pressed on vinyl now, if you submitted it today, it probably wouldn't be ready until like Q3 of 2023. Oh, wow. That's how far behind it is. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. I feel like I'm learning so much about vinyl. Last (laughs) night, I learned that there's a vinyl needle cleaner. Yeah. But but apparently it looks like a glob of gel or something and you put the needle in it and it's supposed to clean the tip. But apparently it was retracted or what is it when you take something off the market? Yeah, recalled. Uh, It was recalled because it was actually leaving tips of the gel on yeah it was leaving and and ruining the vinyls which apparently we can't do because there's a vinyl shortage so don't ruin your vinyls don't ruin Um, your vinyls they're already such precious items and now they're gonna do you think it could be something where this is a problem that can be rectified or no Uh, yeah I mean I'm sure at some point the supply chain will catch up with it the other thing I realized with having that as physical merch it was a terrible idea is one they're really heavy to carry around and two they melt the car in the heat so I was like oh a lot of our touring as comedians is in a car driving around in the summer and I was like oh this is a terrible idea like I'm gonna get like a special refrigerated cooler for my final yeah no that would just be over the top yeah over the top but that doesn't mean it's not a great goal for the future yes absolutely so you always got to have something bubbling yeah one day I'll have a vinyl and right now what we have bubbling is Gwen's comedy album coming out at the end of February. Did you tell us the name of it? Oh, it's called No More Tears. No More Tears. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's all about kind of how these last couple years have just been sad Mm -hmm. and angering and we're all very tired of it, but I am just, I am literally out of tears to cry. Yeah. You (laughs) and Ariana Grande. Yeah. Well, that is incredible. No More Tears at the end of February. Follow Gwen on Twitter and Instagram. Please, please, please do yourself a favor. She still does Wigs Day. Yes. Uh, Animals in funny wigs. I love it. I look forward to Wigs Day. She's still doing it. And she's got her album coming out. And you're going to want to hear it because Gwen is a funny, incredible, and a loyal, whether she knows you or not, loyal (laughs) friend. So uh, follow Gwen at Gwenderwoman. And Gwen, thank you so much for doing the podcast again. I look forward to talking in the future. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.